Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode of High Low. We are coming up on a year of this podcast. We've been doing three episodes a week since November 1st, 2022, and it's been a really wonderful journey. I feel like I've learned so much and looking back at some of the earlier episodes, I'm feels like a very long time ago. Um, but more than anything, I'm just really impressed by the amount of conversations we've had and amazing guests. I know you can only hear me right now, so you'll just have to trust me when I say that I'm dressed the nines as we celebrate the first season of High Low with Emrata with our first ever award show. My producer is calling it the Highlies. <laughs> so we're going to look back at the last 12 months, uh, which has been an amazing year of so many different guests. And I just want to say, first and foremost, shout out to my wonderful team. We've got just wonderful people who work on this podcast every day, and I'm very grateful for them. So my wonderful producing team who I adore, and first of all, I want to say shout out and thank you to them for all their hard work on this podcast had the idea that we would do kind of an award show theme for this episode, a best of sort of like the yearbook where you have the superlatives at the end and you say best dress, most likely to succeed, all that. We're going to do that with this. Things like most watched, most viral, hottest takes, most mind-blowing. And we also have some nominations that you all sent in for your favorite quotes and clips. We're going to start from the very beginning our award show ceremony kicks off right after this break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Okay, first off, we are starting at the very beginning. Actually, I think only my second guest on this podcast, Miss Julia Fox. There have been a lot of different clips that made it into trending topics like Troy Sivan when he was um, clearing up a certain misconception or Diplo's comments on sexuality. But the winner of Most Viral Moment has to go to Julia Fox for the sheer longevity alone. This definitely goes for Most Viral Moment. It's almost a year later and I still see people posting clips to TikTok from our interview. Um, there's a new sound about, she says like, the girlies know the vibes and that's the vibe or something. If you've heard that one, that's from ours. So let's listen to this one right now. Here's Julia Fox. They need to have like a paparazzi style, like Julia I Fox I was thinking of making cover. my book cover uh, like a paparazzi style shot or something. But apparently I need to look into the- Oh, you can't be like looking away. Yeah, no. For you need books, direct. Apparently they've like studies have shown that the book does better if the person like, is looking at contact. Yeah. Wow. I know, weird. So you just kind of were like, okay, I know I'm going to get papped. This guy takes good photos of me and like, I'm going to serve looks. Yeah. And it was really like, I just want to like change the vibe a little bit, yeah. you know? And I also was coming off of, you know, being in that relationship with the high profile person who really showed me how to do it, you know? But the ideas are mine. They were yeah. mine, you know? So like, I didn't 
don't really need him. And what am I going to do? Just stop now that we're not like together thing anymore? Like, no, I want to continue because first of all, I'm having so much fun finding cool, fun, pretty much student fashion designers. And that's my favorite part. I just love finding these hidden gems of people and like wearing the fucking clothes, you know, and then they get like their first write up and then all, and then I feel really good about it. you know what yeah, I mean it's just so a, cool it's a it's a really nice ecosystem I don't get paid from it I literally just do it like to just put out looks yeah and I remember one time I said I was doing a service with my looks and like the media kind of dragged me like people dragged me like what's the service no she's I think doing? the streets loved it though and I was like um have you not seen like the runways recently like there's a lot of Julia Fox inspired looks mm-hmm. and I'm not going to pretend like I don't see them. I'm not going to call it out, but I people see it. I get tagged in it. They send yeah. it to me. Like I know the influence, I know the impact and I know the vibes and the girlies love the vibes and that's just what it's about. Amen. Okay. Next up we have most watched. We started posting clips to YouTube about six months ago, and it's really kind of been amazing to watch the community of Hilo listeners and viewers grow from the YouTube. Um, so let's talk about most watched. It sort of was instantly a hit on YouTube and it's continuing to grow. That is Maddie Ziegler. Let's start with the beginning. 18 years of your life, you've been dancing. Yeah. That's insane how old are you i'm 20 so you started dancing at two yeah can you tell us about how you first started dancing yeah my my mom put me in um because she was like you would look cute in a tutu her first daughter she kind of was just like a gymnast growing up so she put me in and i guess my first i don't obviously remember this but my first recital my mom was like i came off bawling my eyes out because i like wanted to go back on like i was just instantly like that's what i need to do i need to be on stage wow and then i started competitively dancing at four which is like so young to put your kid in something like that. So like- Are there other four-year-olds who do that? Oh yeah. Okay. I had like a whole group of four. We were all four, five, six. I was the youngest in my group. And then I was like the one there that was like, this is my life. Like I was that kid that was like, I need to do hip hop, ballet, like everything. I was like, I just had to. And then I'd like show scouted us when we were six, seven. And I started doing that. So it was like my profession that, the age of seven. So you don't even remember a time before dancing. Like it's just your no, whole life. No, I don't. And I also have blocked out so much of my childhood that I actually don't know what my life is like even just before working. Whoa. So Be- like, well, because you started working so young yeah, too. Yeah, totally. Is that weird? It's so weird. It's weird to find out things that I did when I was younger on like TikTok. Like I'll see people posting things of me and I'm like, I don't even remember doing that. That's so bizarre. Yeah, it's I'm so thinking weird. about, um, I was just thinking about this with my son cause he's two and like, I was like, we're not gonna live in this apartment forever. I wonder if I'll have a memory of it. And then I was thinking about my own childhood memories, how I'm pretty sure I remember things just because I saw pictures and videos of it. Mm-hmm. Right? I know, it's like, I don't know. They're even seeing stuff like that. I'm like, I genuinely don't remember, but it's like to see a visual of what how it played out is like so weird. That is so crazy. Yeah. Was there a point where you're like, is this what I really, like I'm still gonna do this forever or has it always just been a part of you? I knew, cause especially too, when you're at in a competitive dance group, you're basically, you from when you start to when you're 18 and graduate high school is like when you graduate the studio. And then you go off to like wanna do professional work, like be a backup dancer or like do Broadway. At the time when I was little, I wanted to do Broadway so bad. Okay. Now I'm like, I do not wanna do Broadway. So it's yeah. so weird that 
that was like what I wanted to do. But that was like the goal. And then when I was around, when I was 11 and I did, I started doing music videos with Sia, that's when I was like, wait, maybe I want to act too. Oh, Cause wow. I was like, I'm acting in all these videos. I've, right. been, I've been playing roles in every dance I've done. And I've taken that so seriously, like diving into that at such a young age. So that was a shift for me. And I, and I ended up only competing until I was 13, which is like not common for any dance. So you're like, no, actually dance hasn't been my life, even though I kind of think it has. It, it is my life, yeah. but it's also like, oh, I can actually put energy into other things as well. It doesn't have to be one thing. And That's I think cool. it was actually a lot of relief for me because I'm like, oh, I don't have to put so much pressure on myself to do one thing. Okay, next up is most newsworthy and there's a lot of different ways we could have taken this because there were a lot of different guests that provided different types of news. But I think that when we had Law Roach on, that was just such a moment. He had just announced his retirement and I just feel like it was kind of instantly newsworthy to have him on the show. So here's a clip from the Law Roach episode. Fake it till you make it. That's how we, that, me and saying I was a stylist and taking these meetings, I didn't know anything. Zendaya always tell the story. She was like, girl, when you first started working with me, you didn't even have safety pins. Oh like, I didn't know anything. I was green. I was literally faking it till I make it. Like, she says that story all the time. She's like, you think you're so successful. She's like, you didn't even have safety pins. How, like, long, that is how, how long have you guys been working together? We've been working together. So I always say that my career started in 2014 when I moved to L.A., mm -hmm. But I was working with Zendaya a couple years prior to that. Again, lying, going back and forth. Um, I love it. Yeah. Talk about fake it till you make it. Yeah, fake it till you mm -hmm. make it. Um, so I've been with her for 11 years now. So how did she react to this news? It was tough for her. Okay, for most controversial, <laughs> there's quite a few that we could have here. This is an episode guest or quote that made headlines, trending topics, you name it, and just caused, caused a lot of reaction. Our nominees are Diplo, Bad Baby, Troy Sivan, and Chloe Cherry, which we did kind of uh, had a lot of discourse around that afterwards. I think we're going to have to go with Diplo for this one, making an on-the-spot decision here. That episode, I think he's still the only, well, straight-ish white male we've had on the podcast, unless... I'm not thinking of somebody. So this is the most controversial. And I have to say, gay Twitter really took this one and made some very funny memes out of it. Now I'm going to bring it back to you being gay a okay. little bit. I think that's exciting. You should be happy that you want to talk. I could just be talking I mean, to you only about your relationships to women. Got, I like yeah. that you're like, I like that you're a little we've covered um, a lot. flexible. I don't want to define like that I'm gay, but I, I think the best answer I had was I'm not like not gay. You said you would, there's somebody that would be your boyfriend. There's a couple guys I've like, would like be like, this might be, I could date this like, guy. Like life partner wise. Yeah, though. life partner wise. Like, I'm not yeah. really aroused by men that much that I know about. I that you bet, know about. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've got a blowjob from a guy before. You sh you're sure that's happened? Yeah. And you, you just don't remember? I mean... You're not being... You're saying... You're, you're not committing to it, but you're yeah. saying you're sure it happened. Yeah, for sure. But you don't have a specific memory of it. No. Nah, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of blowjobs, but I don't know... And you're just like... Doop -a -doop -a. <laughs> <One of> the, <laughs> like, I don't know if it's gay unless you, like, make eye contact while there's the blowjob That's happening. such a straight guy thing to say. But it's... I mean, getting a blowjob is not that gay, I think. I don't know. It's a... You tell me. <laughs> Okay, so our next up is the award for most talked about episode. 
there are a lot of episodes that got a lot of press and there's a lot that got a lot of traction on social media. This award is going to the episode that received the most comments on YouTube and Spotify. We have Kelly Rowland, Bad Baby, Tana Mojo, Anita, and Julia Fox. And the winner is Anita. <laughs> this is a fun fact. This, this almost became a lost episode because there was um, a lot of back and forth with like legal on this episode. Um, so it almost didn't get to see the light of day and it was such a fun episode to do. I love Anita. Um, so it was really exciting when we got the green light to put it out into the world a couple months later. All right, here is a clip. You are the Brazilian queen, but to see you take it global and how you've done that over, you know, the course of your whole career and building and building. And I'm just, it's very impressive. That's literally my dream. I mean, for for that Coachella set, I really wanted to bring Brazilian culture. So I was walking, it's funny, this story. I was walking at Disney World at the Animal Kingdom. It's my favorite park. And uh, I was thinking like, how special we feel when we are in Disney World. Like when you step into the parks, you already feel something inside of you. And it's kind of like there's a magic that touches you mm. and you wanna, you, you just feel different. And I said, I want people in my set at Coachella that to feel that they are in Brazil. And then when I was in Animal Kingdom, I said, wow, I feel like I'm in Pandora. I'm in that movie. I mean, and then I went to watch the documentary about the behind the scenes of the parks. And I saw this guy, Joe, and he thought about the whole Animal Kingdom part. I messaged him on Instagram and he said, I really want you to do my Coachella set. And it was like, it's been years that I don't do, like decades that I don't work with music and stuff. And I said, but please start to show him my culture and everything. He was fascinated, he did it. And I, I think that's how we felt. Everybody that went told me that they felt immersed in Brazilian culture. So you're bringing Brazil to the world in a lot of ways. Next up is our award for how we have it here is too much information episode, but I also think it could just be openness and, you know, really telling it like it is. And there's, there's been no shortage of guests who just keep, who are very real and, you know, also overshare maybe if you think there is such thing. I don't know if I do. And I'm going to have to say Megan Trainer, the way she talks about her body and giving birth to her second child, she was actually here promoting her book about pregnancy and childbirth. So it makes sense. And by the way, if you've listened to even probably one of the episodes of the show, you know how much I believe in transparency and particularly with birthing bodies, being able to talk about their experience with pregnancy and birth, I think is so important crucial. We've had so many episodes about that. Um, if you want to listen to some of those, I recommend Sarah Hoover, Stephanie Dandler. Um, this one though, definitely takes the cake. So this award goes to Megan Trainer. Here's a clip from our very candid conversation. Um, and one of those very TMI, if again, you believe in TMI moments. I mean, like in the book, you guys you talk about sex, you talk about, I love it. I'm like, this is great. Um, and especially appreciate it around, again, what we were talking about, motherhood, pregnancy, because I think it's gotten better, but still people don't know what's up when they get pregnant. Yeah. I heard you like wouldn't have sex during your last pregnancy. Are you doing that with this one? I couldn't do it. I'll, first of all, what's it called? What do I have? Vaginismus. What's I fully that? have it. 
What the hell? How are there so many things that can There's happen so when you're pregnant? There's so many new things. Um, well, I no, hear, I, that's oh. like not a pregnant thing. Oh. That's a vagina thing. Um, I've been talking about how tight I am and how my husband is very big. And I thought that that was our problem because I have so much pain during sex. Um, and after, I have to like ice myself sometimes. And it's good in the moment. It's not like I'm being tortured the whole time. But at the end, I'm like, ouch, like stung. It's called something. Finally, I've been asking everyone, um, vaginismus, where I think it's going to really hurt. It's like mostly mental. I think it's really going to hurt, apparently. And then I go, like, clench. And so I have to like go to physical therapy soon. And I'm like, I guess I'll wait till this is out. Mm. And then like put gauges or like rings up in me and stress. It's a whole thing that I I don't want to deal with. Speculum. At the gyno, did you like how I did that motion? Yeah, I was the like, speculum. what? What do you get? The speculum when they like open you up to oh, do it. Yeah. I clinch so hard. Yeah, it's like that. But, I hate but that. with someone I love and I'm attracted right, to. Right. I'm like, I swear it's not you. I'm like, I'm in it, and like, I I can have a fine time. Yeah. You know, with other stuff. So I'm very satisfied. And mm-hmm. of my hubby, I take care of him. He's fine. He's satisfied. But it's, I, I'm it, not worried. It, it, yeah, <laughs> I just want to be clear. We're great. Yeah, we're great. Yeah. But I, it's tough. And then uh, being pregnant, I couldn't. In the begin, in that one, I I was just scared he's gonna poke it, and I, and I I know he's not, <laughs> but like I couldn't. How dirty is this pod? It's pretty dirty. It's pretty dirty. I you you want to get involved, but I don't want to go around my big belly. Yes, I just couldn't get turned on from the hey brother. Hey brother, thanks for being here today. I couldn't get like I couldn't get turned on from that, you know. And I was like, it's a wrap. I will say there was a point for me when I was pregnant where I was like, there's a third person here. There's someone else, (laughs) and like they're kicking and moving and whatever. (laughs) The kicking. I'm like, I could shut it off, and then it'll just kick, kick, kick. I'm like, yeah, it's done. Yeah, he would chill sometimes for me you know what I mean nice. but like yeah no there was a moment like I'd lay on my side and I'd just literally feel like the baby just like hit the my bed. abs are like yeah ways to have sex with a big bump <laughs> I'm like no you're like I'm good on that one I'm good okay so all of these are obviously I mean some of them are less subjective we have actual data we're basing this off of but this one is definitely subjective we were we want to give a funniest episode award and um we had a really great conversation when hannah burner came on the show um i absolutely love her and that video is up on youtube a lot of people really like that so let's say most laughs go to hannah burner here is a clip from that i mean some of the first stuff i saw of you was not your stand-up it was you interviewing people asking guys like what were some of the questions that i love like about periods or about Mm -hmm. like where is the like scary stuff or has a woman ever faked an orgasm with you i like to talk about pooping i like to talk about farting i feel like i have this it's a superpower and kind of cringy but that i it takes a lot for me to be embarrassed like i'll take the risk (laughs) and i kind of like that's me i'm silly i'm a silly goose and i think with that i want to say things that like maybe some girls are afraid to say Mm. Cause like, yeah, I farted on men going down on me before. Yes, I've like had horrible poop situations. Um, I have a nervous poop problem. And I'm saying that, obviously it's embarrassing for me, but like, who knows who's listening to this pod who's like, wait, I'm not gross. Cause you're not. Right, well, and also it's it's fucking funny. Wait, so Emrata, do you poop? I do poop. I also have a nervous pooping situation actually. Um, 
what's the what's the thing on TikTok where it's like it, you're a hot girl if you have IBS, right? Yeah. yeah which, so <laughs> I, that has been Gen Z has affirmed that for me. That's yeah. when I learned that I was a hot girl was when um, <laughs> I saw a TikTok that said hot girls have IBS. Every and I was time like, we feel about like, coming this on. This is my generation. <laughs> and I was like, that's right. Woo! At the club tonight, feeling good. No, but seriously, they they're so much better about that kind of like self-deprecating honesty mm-hmm. that I think comes out of like you know a reaction to what we grew up with as millennials which is like oversaturated over filtered everything's perfect tiny little seconds of everything and you know they were like no 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 no. I immediately know how to see through that we grew up with the internet whatever this is gen z and they're just interested in honesty and it's like I'm so glad that tiktok exists isn't it actually like super attractive when someone is just like super comfortable and honest with who they are like I think that's so much more attractive than someone who you can tell is like trying to be something they're not yes or just you know the aspirational thing it's like it's just not real I also feel like how are we going to fight the patriarchy if we have to run to Starbucks every time we have to poop like it's just there's no competition so are we supposed to poop on the street no, we have to poop in his apartment, like while he's there, got door it, open. Got and it. Just I was stare like, at so where, which level are we going to? <laughs> okay, so this one is definitely a response to the data. We're going with most liked. This is going to the award that has the highest percentage of likes on YouTube, and the nominees are Stephanie Danler, Tanache, Paloma El Seltzer. Victoria Monet, and all of those had 99% like ratings. Um, and the winner is Victoria Monet, who I absolutely adore. And I also agree is very, very likable. So uh, let's listen to a clip from that episode. When you go to write a song like that, like, do you think like, this is what I want to do? I know, or does it come together piece by piece? It's definitely a piece by piece thing. Um, speaking of postpartum, I wrote that song when I was going through postpartum, Wow, which was like the opposite of how I felt. Mm-hmm. And so that song for me really genuinely was like, oh, listening to this makes me feel better. It was the first song I did after pregnancy that I liked after my little dry spell in the studio. I was like, do I have you writer's block? And then on my mama came, I was like, you're like, nope, no, I'm back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, here we go. So yeah, it's just like a really good turning point for me post-pregnancy and just a good energy. I'm feeling like a lot of people are picking it up as far as HBCUs, like horn players, like musicians. I'm waiting to see like a, a big band play it, like with majorettes and like, I want to see like in a college Ooh. setting or football like when football season starts yeah, yeah, up, yeah. I just want to hear it at the games. Oh, like that. I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. I love that you have like places that you want it to be. Played. That's why I want to experience it loud and yeah. yeah, just with every all the energy there. How does it feel to kind of like be postpartum? Mm-hmm. Have I mean, you've come into your own identity in so many ways, not just because you had a baby, but also because you. you have your own music that you're putting out. Yeah, is it emotional? Like, what does it feel like to be in very, this moment? Very emotional. Um, just speaking of motherhood again, it's like the main point yeah. of my life right now. But just having my daughter be able to watch me and understand what I'm doing now, sing the songs back. Like, it's really, really cool. That's so cute. Is she singing? She's singing. She was just, I got a video today. Her dad sent me a video of her singing Lion King. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. 
You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Okay, so our next award is just a listener nomination, and I wanted to shout this episode out because I really enjoyed it. Leland Hench on Spotify says that the Benny drama episode was their favorite. They wrote, Benny drama was my fave moment. I love him so much. We really got a new side from him we hadn't previously seen, and I couldn't agree more. I think it's just one of the best things about the show that we get to learn more about or see different sides of people that you think you know Um, from their personas. And Benny is definitely somebody who falls under that category. So let's listen to this. So Cooper, the Gen Z intern, was just supposed to be like a privileged, you know, like your classic intern. I just thought it was so funny. My sister was telling me stories of like a a previous intern and her experience. And and this really, this amazing story that I love that I always think about that inspired him was she was like, one day I said, um, can you just go pick something up for me? And he was like, well, I actually had like a hard kombucha at lunch, so I feel like I shouldn't drive. Oh <laughs> and and I was just like, that's perfect. Yeah. Like I have to make something about that. So I just had this character and then the White House reached out. It's not like the actual, Joe Biden called me. <laughs> um, he didn't, just I need that on camera. So it was like the people who are doing social for the White House were like, we want a sketch and we want it to be one of your characters and it would be in support of the vaccine. I was like, okay, great. That sounds amazing. I love the idea that Just it's Just a like, little propaganda. Why not? Of course. Why not? So I was <laughs> You're like, like, I know yeah. I've made it because now the White House wants me to do propaganda. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> so it was like immediately, you know, I was like, I love this character just coming into this and being like very privileged and over the top and unapologetic. And, you know, Fox News like picks it up. And some of their viewers immediately think that I do work at the White House. So I had like ex-Trump interns being like, well, this is what we did when we worked there. And I was like, you really didn't know that was a joke? What is wrong with you? (laughs) Like, what? Okay, the next is most mind-blowing moment. And I'd actually like to say, I think we had quite a few of these. The nominees for this, we have Bad Baby revealing her mom was contacting Dr. Phil since she was two years old, which is pretty pretty mind-blowing. Um, Nelly Furtado previewing unreleased Timbaland JT collab and Victoria Monet explaining how pregnancy permanently changed the sound of her voice. There were so many more like that. I think, you know, some of the Megan Trainer stuff about her birth and pregnancy and her vagina, honestly, straight up her vagina. Um, I think some of the Mia Khalifa stuff was pretty mind blowing, but I gotta say, I think bad baby takes the cake with this because it really, you know, just knowing that bad baby became famous from this doctor film moment and that her mom had been basically out for this moment since she was two years old. That was really, really crazy. So let's listen to that. My mom on blast. I really do. It's still my mom at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? But she didn't care when she put me on blast. 
and what she put me on blast for was not even half of the truth. So I actually found out on my 19th birthday that my mom had been emailing Dr. Phil since I was two years old. No fucking way. So I don't know if it, my mom is a very narcissistic person. And you know, narcissists, they like a crowd. Figuratively and literally, they like a crowd. Because they feel like, well, I can't convince the people who really know me so I can convince others of whatever narrative I want to play. So I think for her, it was just, I don't know, like, I didn't know, like, what I was walking into. Of course not, you were 13. And I was, yeah, I was 13. Like, she's like, oh, we're going to go on Dr. Phil, and I'm just like... I'm getting, you know I'm what? smoking weed every day. Like, I'm like, you know, you just be like, all right, take where you want to take me. I don't give a fuck. Like, and then like when they told me like, okay, you're going to come with us. Yeah, no the fuck I'm not. Do you know what she emailed them that got you guys on the show? I don't know, actually. I feel like I have seen one of the emails before, but I don't remember exactly what it said. I do remember though, I think my manager was the one who figured it out because he was like, she just said, oh, I think something came up. And it was like, she was like, oh, here's the, the, the email that I had to Dr. Phil. And then the one before that said, like, something, something, March 2005 or 2006. So it was like. You've been trying to get on Dr. Phil for Bitch, a I can barely walk. Yeah. Like, what the fuck was I doing that was that bad? I mean. Our next award is for the hottest take. Um, and yeah, self-explanatory. So Swifty misogyny stuff definitely really got a lot of people's attention. Stuff about exposed male dainty ankles. My extended rant on why I don't like the word empowerment. And I think we're gonna, or even I would even nominate um, kind of talking about the medical industrial complex having a hand in pressuring women into egg freezing. It's kind of controversial. But I think the swift misogyny piece really kind of takes the cake just because People lost their fucking minds about that. And then we did a whole episode around that, um, a uh, Thursday episode, Emirata Asks. And we had two different um, people who were teaching college courses on Taylor Swift way in on it. So let's play that now. Taylor Swift is a great example for me. I know you know her and I've performed with her. And like, I was not a Swifty. And now I'm like, you know what that means? That means I was a misogynist that I wow, didn't like, like fuck yeah. with Taylor Swift because right. I went to her concert and I was like, this person is an incredible songwriter, yeah. an incredible performer. And anybody who says anything else, like they have issues. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. She's a phenomenon. And like. actually maybe not a very sophisticated palette, which is like a pretty crazy thing. I, I, I know a lot of people would like yeah. their jaws would drop, but I do think that's true. I think so too. If you don't like Taylor Swift, then like you don't understand things. Right. <laughs> yeah, you just don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what 100%. It is. This is just kind of a, a moment. So I guess we'll call this the most full circle moment. Just kind of a funny little anecdote. This one goes to Kelly Rowland and Victoria Monet because Kelly, when Kelly was on the show, she talked about how Victoria was one of her favorite artists she's been listening to a ton recently. And then just a couple months later, we had Victoria on and she mentioned how Kelly Rowland is one of the artists that she dreams of collaborating with. So um, let's listen to two of those clips. What are you listening to right now? Is there anything specific? Old school R and B, like what? Mm -hmm. Like Jay, don't walk away. Okay, wow. Like uh, Jodeci, uh, stay. Oh my god. Uh, to SZA. Uh, yeah, to yeah. Uh, I mean, Lucky SZA. Day, Victoria Monet's new record, Smoke. Mm, like I haven't listened to that yet. Oh my god, it's so good. 
Kelly Rowland was on the show like a couple I weeks ago, her. and she shouted you out as one oh of her favorite artists that she's listening to. Oh, I love her yeah. so much, even in pregnancy journey. Um, her son, oh, yes. her second son, is exactly one month apart from my daughter, so Aww. she was just very helpful, like just giving advice because she had had a son before, just helping me through the mental process and like tips and tricks and everything the tips and the tricks just even knowing that you can have somebody to text kelly, and i would have never thought in a million years mm-hmm. my teenage self kept right. texting kelly what do you mean <laughs> it's really she amazing. is um such a lovely person like she did yeah. the podcast and then i ran into her at a party mm-hmm. and you know sometimes when you work with somebody you don't know how they're gonna then act when you see them it can be and funny, she was yeah. so warm she was like yes. oh my god hey girl like yes talked with me and like met my friends yeah. we were like talking for 15 minutes yeah. like it was so she's just genuinely Southern. that way Southern girl. i know all right our next award is for most insightful episode i like to think that we don't just have viral kind of controversial moments or too much oversharing, whatever. I I hope that you've found that there have been a lot of insightful episodes in the past year. There's a bunch that I love. I think that the ones that the nominees for this should go to Esther Perel, Stephanie Dandler, Jeremy O'Harris, Samantha Leach. I actually thought Taylor Lorenz. I think the Z-Way episode is quite insightful as well. But I'm going to give this one to Esther Perel. And I think the Esther Perel episode is the one. It's it's one of our most listened to episodes. It's got a ton of views on YouTube as well. So let's review that episode. Plenty of people watch porn together. It's a kind of a part of their foreplay. And then they are with each other. Other people watch porn actually to address those three vulnerabilities that right. I talk about or basically spend their time by themselves in a very efficient model, Mm -hmm. right? Porn is extremely efficient. It bypasses all the hurdles. It bypasses, you know, any questions of desire. It goes straight to arousal and to orgasm. It's it's a production machine, you know, it it performs. It's not meant to bring poetry in your life. Mm. But there is fine lines because when it's men, we talk about porn. When it's women, we talk about erotica. You mm-hmm. know, we have a way of of playing with where do we think the imagination lies. So I think it's easy to think of porn as the thing that shuts you down. Mm-hmm. The problem of porn is really much earlier. It's really when it becomes your primary sexual education. So that's what I was going to say. I have a son and I'm thinking about how to talk to him about sex. Yeah, talk and to him before he... Before. Yes, and I know that, you know, from other people that, you know, their children see porn before they've even had the ability to have those conversations. I remember the first time I saw porn and how much, you know, it imprinted on my brain. I didn't understand sex, but I, you know, saw this video. And that's true for a lot of American families in particular who don't want to broach that conversation with their children. So the internet informs. How do you explain what a child might see when they see porn and separating that from the erotic and from sex and connection with a real person? So I, that's a great question, but that's, that is not the responsibility of porn. That is the responsibility of Absolutely. parents and schools and society. As a parent, you yeah. st- I think you talk with your child very early on. Mm-hmm. Basically, in, in, in my understanding, it's kind of when the child is four years old. Mm-hmm. Why four? Because at four, you become a natural theologian. You ask yourself, where do we come from? And where does grandma go? 
And so that is when you start to talk about where do we come from and what is connection represented and how you feel sometimes butterflies and how when you like this little person in your classroom, you hold their hand because you feel close to them. You're not doing sex education. Mm -hmm. You're doing sexuality and relationship education. They are integrated. And you talk about how we feel warmth and love and affection for someone and how we have Well, it's that. And that conversation grows with the years so that when they get a little older, at some point you say, listen, you're going to be exposed to porn. You don't say, are you what? You're going to be exposed to porn like you are exposed to fast food, you know, and either you consume fast food that is part of your diet, either you have learned that this is not particularly nutritious and there's better food for you. And you can use that comparison as well. That is not reality. It plays with people's imagination, like when you play, um, but, uh, and if it irks you or if it feels too aggressive to you or if it feel, you basically close this. Some people are going to want you to watch this a lot. You can decide. And I suggest at this point, it's not for you. The same way that if I take, you take a book and I think it's premature for you, I would say that is not yet for you. But if you are in an ongoing conversation with your kid, You don't have, you know, the, the usual thing is you get all anxious because you've discovered that you, you preempt it. You check if you already stumbled upon porn, you normalize it as if it's supposed to happen anyway. So, you know what? What are you watching? You know, how, what did you experience? And if you are at ease to bring up what the kid thinks shouldn't be spoken about, you actually have a way in to help and to warn and to select and to educate rather than to just do damage control and anxiety effusion. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. All right. Um, and, you know, all the subscribers listen to our episode, Talk Back. Um, you have access to that where we play voice notes from all of you. And a lot of the times we get really nice voice notes that we don't get to play because there's kind of no context for them. But since we're doing this little award show thing, I thought I would play this one um, from a listener from the Hilo hotline. This is Nicole from Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, Amrata. Uh, my name is Nicole from Charleston, South Carolina. And I just wanted to say that my favorite thing about your podcast, which I listen to tons of because I drive so far to work every single day, is that a lot of the topics that you and your guests have brought up are things that 
I've never really even thought about or had any sort of awareness of and things like even uh, non-monogamous relationships, polyamory, things that are just so kind of outside of my normal realm of thought has been not only enlightening for me, but also more of conversation starters with my friends and family and my boyfriend. So not to say that I am polyamorous now, but just as kind of a more out of the ballpark topic. It's It's been fun and it's really kind of helped change my viewpoint on a lot of things I didn't even know I had a stance on. So thanks and I'm excited for the next season. Okay, um, our next category highlights the Thursday episode Emrata asks. It's always been a lot of fun to get a chance to just talk about different topics and interview different experts and get their expert opinions. So um, this one is for the best Emrata asks, we've covered a lot of topics, um, OnlyFans, ethical non-monogamy, plastic surgery, what we can learn from Taylor Swift, narcissism, um, so many things. I have to say that I the I feel like the one that people come up to me on the street or reference the most is the ENM ethical non-monogamy episode. I just get so many people talking about that. Um, because I think a lot of people are interested in it right now. So let's play a clip from that. So in this essay, this couple has a new baby and her husband is the one who talks about opening it up and she, you know, considers it, considers the history of a traditional family and about how she feels about sex postpartum and what she wants and, you know, basically both of their needs. And she's she's deciding what um, whether or not she wants to do it. And um, at one point, she quotes from Scenes from a Marriage, which the title of this essay borrows from. You and I have taken refuge in a hermetically sealed existence. The lack of oxygen has smothered us. And then she says, finally, I asked my husband, which scenario endangers us more? You sleeping with other women or you not sleeping with other women? I told him to think about it, assess and render a verdict. I would do whatever gave us the best chance. So B, one of her points about ethical non-monogamy is that there there are a lot of things she likes about it she says um you you should trust your relationship enough to entertain the possibility but you know she said to me in some communities especially in new york and california there is this kind of attitude that non-monogamy is not risky like it's totally safe and she said ultimately is it, it is risky and i think that it's important you know to recognize that and um she said people need to have de-risked the experience that's how she put it um and um i was thinking about this part of the essay when she said that because i think what the writer is getting at is it's also risky to try to stay in a monogamous relationship. Like, relationships are risky. Okay, most likely to succeed. We had a lot of young talent on, people who are just starting to kind of pop off. And most recently, um, well, before I go into the, the winner, which by the way, this doesn't mean that any of these people are less likely to succeed. It's just somebody that I feel has shown so much kind of determination. And I think we're like watching their career pop as we speak. Lauren Gray, Victoria Monet, Flo Millie, Benny Drama, Remy Bader, Maddie Ziegler, all these people are going to have very amazing careers. There's no doubt. But I have to say, talking to Flo Millie, I just like loved what she had to say about her determination and her work ethic. So we're going to play a clip from that episode. 
So you put your first song on SoundCloud, but TikTok is like how I feel like I got to know you. Can Mm -hmm. you talk to me about like what that was like? Yes. So, oh my gosh, it was so crazy, girl. But a lot of people say that like they found me on TikTok and I used to get mad about that. Like when it was happening, I'm like, no, I've been rapping (laughs) for years. But so I was in high school and I used to just like, I couldn't afford beats because beats were like $500, all type of like, you had to know how to, the business works and shit. I didn't know how it works. So I would just get my beats off of YouTube and then I would just like record over it. And then like, basically I was still in beats. Right. If you really think about it. But I was But like, you were in high school. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't really putting them on Apple Music. That would be stealing because then I'm making money from it. But I was just putting them on like YouTube and SoundCloud. And so like I would rap in high school a lot and I would just put songs out and then I had this one thing, like I said, if I had this one goal that I wanted to be like, I guess, accomplished in my career, at least by 18. Okay. Like I was very hard on myself. At what age did you say that? I had to be like maybe 14 when I said that. Oh my God. But I started- That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I told myself if if it didn't happen, I was just gonna stop. So when I turned 18, I didn't, no hit song, nothing. So I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna like go to school for like a dental assistant. Oh my God, <laughs> and wait. And me out like so bad. He was like, fuck no. Like don't give up so early. Yeah, yeah. he was so against it. He was just, cause he had found me when I had like 4,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. So like he saw the beginning of when I would like put videos out and stuff. So he was just like, no, you don't need to do that. Like. I swear I'm gonna be so mad at you if you stop. And I was like, well, I made the goal and it didn't happen. So obviously like, I just need to move on. And so then after that, he still was mad. And then like literally after I like broke up with my boyfriend and like got rid of all the like, I guess negative people out of my Mm, life. Like grew up a little bit. Yeah. And that was like a couple months later, I was 19. And then that's when it started happening. Okay, so um, my dear friend, Miss Seaway, whose book is coming out October 17th, Black Friend, it's a collection of essays, highly recommend. It's very smart, very vulnerable and funny. Please go get her book. Uh, She likes to use the word iconic, most iconic guest. Um, So we're going to name this award in her honor, the Seaway Icon Award for most iconic guest. This, there's so many we could nominate. I mean, we had Marc Jacobs, we had Nelly Furtado, we had Kelly Rowland, we had Donatella Versace, we had Julia Fox, we had Z-Way herself. There's a lot of iconic guests, but I have to say, Donatella, man. Honestly, I'm gonna, you know what, because this is a Z-Way Icon Award, I'm gonna give it to Z-Way. And let's listen to a little bit of that episode. What I love about you, this is kind of an open-ended thing, but what I've seen is you take your anger and your sensitivity and you turn it into art. (laughs) You turn it into, you intellectualize it and you have a a new thought just as your friend, like even when just something in the news comes up and you're angry about it, you're like, okay, well, this is what this means to me. And this is then, then you take your original thought around that thing and you turn it into a joke which is so amazing i don't know i just think it's a really incredible process that you go through and i wonder if that's something that 
has always has always been a way you process your anger or 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 what? It's yeah. very justified anger. I think laughter is a trauma response. My friend Hunter says that. Um, yeah, that's how I cope with things that are sad. Is I laugh. I don't want to deal with being upset. I would or rather, you leave. I laugh or, or I leave, you. and I will leave. I'll walk I've up out you. of that room. Mm-hmm. And so, or yeah. you say dark energy. Say, yeah, three and I mean it. Times. If it's a dark energy, I will say it. She'll be like dark energy, dark energy, dark energy, and then just bails. And I'm like, okay. Great. Thanks so much. As a Pisces, I cannot afford to take on that emotional weight. All right. This one um, is just a nice voicemail received recently with another listener pick. Just a nice um, message about the year anniversary. Hi, Emily. This is hysterical. I feel like I just called you on the phone. Um, Anyways, I am responding to just, I guess, your one year birthday of the podcast. Um, which has been a joy to be on the onset of with. Uh, I just feel like it's another great podcast in my rotation. I feel like I'm talking with friends, yada, yada. Um, the really compelling thing that I wanted to share is that in a way, a really big way, this podcast changed my life. Um, I mean, I guess how long ago was it that you did the episode with Law Roach? But whenever that was, I did call in and I let you know that I took it upon myself to do some friendship breakups, which was pretty hard in the moment. And yeah, I mean, that episode kind of just lifted off all of this within me. But yeah, and now I'm, I don't know, five, six months out and doing so much better than I was. I'm not bogged down with any kind of, you know, fears of what could have been, what is, and just I feel so clear and happy and I encourage anyone that feels a tiny bit of dead weight to just get rid of it and be you and just be the best. So thank you so much again um, for changing my life, I guess. (laughs) Have a great day. All right. Well, that was so very, very sweet. And I think a perfect note to end this episode on. Um, That is all for this week. We'll be back on Thursday with a brand new Emrata Ass and a new interview next Tuesday. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on YouTube. You can always join in the conversation at hilo.fm by submitting your voice notes. Use the hashtag hilo or in the comments on YouTube, on Spotify, use the Q&A feature or call our Hilo hotline, which is where those voice notes came from at 42 Hilo 4. Thank you all for a wonderful year and thank you for listening. Hilo with Emrata is a Sony Music Entertainment and Bitch Era Media production. Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, and Matt Raz. Our showrunner is Matt Raz. Our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh.